Hello and welcome to the What We've Watched podcast. This is episode 226. My name is Chris. This is Emmett. And this week in our continued look at the decades past, we are going with 1930 and Animal Cracker. Yeah. Crackers. Animal Crackers. There's more than one cracker in this one. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, it's a decade series, so we've been talking about, like, doing movies that were, um, right on the change of decade, um, and doing one at a time, so just going backwards, um, for those who are just joining, uh, and we are now on 1930, um, and I had, I had brought up, uh, a little while ago that, uh, the next time we did, like, an older, like, like a really old movie, or, like, a 30s movie, because um, we've done a few, like, you know, Thin Man and things like that, uh, that, you know, yeah. that I, I thought, hey, let's do, like, a Marx Brothers movie. That might be interesting. And it just turns out that they have a movie that was came out in 1930, Animal Crackers. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, Animal Crackers was written by Burt Kalmar, Harry Ruby, George S. Kaufman, and Maury Riskind, and directed by Victor Hearman, and released in August 1930. And the reason for the odd writing credits there is because it was actually based on a, or, well, based on, I mean, it's direct adaptation into film form of a yeah. Broadway musical that the Marsters had done prior. Mm. Uh, and the first two writers were the, um, or, well, I don't know if it's the first two or second two or how it worked, but two of the writers were like the, wrote the music and, and the songs, and then the other two wrote like the actual story or whatever yeah so yeah yeah and you can really tell that while watching it too that That it was a broadway musical like so much of the yeah well or at least like a stage performance because like so much of the yeah it's like single camera shot yeah yeah so much of it is directed Uh, right at the camera people look at the camera and talk rather than each other there's there's definitely a very theatrical aspect of the presentation there's a lot of static shots of but also 1930s films well that's true a lot of that well i mean it it was early on and and i mean it was very very Mm -hmm. early obviously in sort of the development of sort of film as we know it um I mean, obviously, technically, you know, film had been around for a while at this point, but, you know, it was different. Like, even, like, sound, even, like, just sound film was quite recent. And so it was a different sort of technique. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, they just, you know, essentially, it's like yeah. I say. The, the, the how do we do this was still, like... People didn't quite. Well, it was all just being <laughs> figured out, know. and and the fact that it was a stage musical, obviously, you know, they they were going for a fairly direct translation of that to film, so you know, they didn't really yeah. stray too far from what you could do in a stage production, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what's your like your background with the Marx Brothers? Um, I've seen maybe like a one or two of the movies. Um, not this one before, but um, I've seen no, yeah, maybe same. one or yeah. two. I've seen a lot of clips, and um, yeah, I've seen some. I think I think the only movie I've seen in full is Duck Soup, and then the rest. Is I can just never like remember which one's which. I've even actually seen clips of this movie. Yeah, I can never remember oh, which yeah. one's which, so I don't know exactly what I've seen. I remember there was one on like a ship or something, or that had that's parts duck on soup. a ship. 
that's duck soup then that's probably that, yeah, that one yeah, i've that's definitely seen then yeah. yeah and then i i've seen mm-hmm. you know parts of others on tv and stuff like that over the years um mm-hmm. and i've seen just like a lot of clips because you know there's always clips in like either like documentaries talking about like history movies or whatever or you know comedy or whatever and, For sure. and then just like you know you like more recently like youtube clips and things like that um so mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i'm aware of the their personas and their you know yeah um, and then of course there's i mean the weird the other weird thing of the the character the characters from cerebus that are based on <laughs> yeah well that that's my other yeah. like sort of like my my I, I feel like I know more about Groucho Marx via the, the Cerebus comic <laughs> yeah. than, than I know from actually seeing him on screen, yeah, I, which is like, that's through the eyes of a completely different person, right. which is a weird... But those characters are, like, very know. based on, you know, their personas. and Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. The characters of Groucho, Harpo, Chico, and Zeppo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, funny enough, it's actually, technically, it's actually Chico... Um, but like, oh, Chico, but because right. of the yeah. whole like Chico thing being like an existing kind of name or nickname, um, yeah, they, a lot of people, it's easy to make them a lot of people yeah. say it wrong and he wasn't really ever that concerned about correcting. So like, like whenever it was used in an official capacity, they would always say Chico. Um, but mm-hmm. like if, if he was like in an interview or like in a, and anyone said it wrong, he just didn't really care like he wouldn't correct it or anything so a lot of people still say chico mm-hmm. but it is technically chico uh yeah. and and huh. this it I was uh that. explained later i believe it was groucho explained later um that uh, the chico nickname came from because uh he said that his brother was a chicken chaser i.e basically like you know a womanizer but that was like an early mm-hmm. it was like old slang yeah, it's like old slang. Yeah, and then Harpo obviously comes from the whole harp thing, and mm-hmm. uh, I've he's also the silent one. Yeah, he's the silent one. With, Harpo is the one that the, never speaks. With the big fright wig. Um, and then and then Zeppo's the good looking one. Yeah, yeah. Who, he's the who one that plays like the straight man. Was only in like a couple of the early movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Groucho, the ringleader. Yep. I mean, um, he's got. He's certainly got the most words. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, a lot of people what uh, people often associate with the Marx Brothers is like the first thing people often think of is Groucho and his all his quips and and one liners and stuff because that's like yeah. kind of he's such a big mm-hmm. part of it. But you know, I think that um, the others are are a really important part of it too. I think that if it was, I mean. Just Groucho on his own would be good, and it would be funny, but I don't think it's, it would be as good as, you know, having the whole group there, you know, because they all, they yeah, all kind of exactly. have their own thing, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like, there's a so, lot of great scenes. Um, there's a lot of great scenes in, in uh, several of the movies. There's a lot of great scenes that are just like the, like the Chico Harpo team-up scenes where they you know, just antagonize somebody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, well, it, amazing how obnoxious they can be, and it seems, like, like this movie especially has, like, uh, it, almost, and, and they can antagonize themselves. Like, this movie's got two yeah. scenes 
Uh, one where they they uh, well, I guess we should go over the, the basics of the movie. Yeah. Um, so which it's is, uh, every uh, every Groucho, time Groucho every... plays. Yeah, Captain Spaulding. Yeah, Captain Spaulding returning from his trips to Africa, uh, being hosted uh, at the estate of um, uh, Mrs. Rittenhouse. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who's like, I guess, this like rich woman, and yeah, like a big society uh, matron. Basically. It's a big society thing. Uh, at the same time, yeah. this other gentleman is bringing this famous painting from Paris, and it's going to yeah. be on display, and he's going to like sell it to or auction it off or she's buying it or something along those lines. And so you got these two things happening at the same time here. And it turns into, of course, this like, yeah, well, cause like Captain Spaulding is like fiasco. this like famous, yeah. like ex- sort of explorer hunter kind of, you know, safari dude. Mm-hmm. Um, who's like famous for these like African trips and, um, uh, he's coming back. And so like, it's kind of this big deal of like, we're going to like throw this big party in his honor type of thing. Um, which is then hilarious because then when he shows up, well, it's Groucho. So it's like, <laughs> he just has no respect mm-hmm. whatsoever mm-hmm. for the proceedings. Oh. Um, it's, but it's, everything is just a, like, yeah. farce. But, uh, <laughs> like, but, like, um, how are you? Yeah. yeah. And then, so there's this whole thing with this like art guy and then like, they're gonna, they have this, he's just got this painting that's like this super like valuable, you know, it's like a hundred thousand dollar, you know, at that time, yeah. uh, painting. Um, and so they're like, well, we'll put it on display, like in honor of like, 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 oh, it'll be like really enhance this like party, you know, to have it, this, mm-hmm. this painting, this like super prized painting on, on display for, for, uh, Captain Spaulding's party. Um, and, yeah. and, and which by the way, um, for any horror fans out there, uh, this is where Rob Zombie got the Captain Spaulding name for the, the clown for the Sid Haig character in the, the House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh. Trilogy, huh. and in fact, all, all of the names of the characters in that, um, not all the all of the character names, but like a lot of the character names are taken from, um, Marx Brothers movies, and specifically from, um, uh, from Groucho characters. So, like the other um, character, right. the Bill Mosley character, um, in that Otis is uh, he's because he's, they're the Firefly families. Oh, he's Otis T. Firefly, and that is a Groucho character from another Marx Brothers movie. And uh, oh, okay. and there's like a bunch of characters that I, Rufus I think is one of them, and that's also from yeah. Um, actually, I think it's Rufus Firefly is from is and then like Otis something else is from another one, and yeah. So basically, like all the all the a lot of the character names in in that in those films are, are from Marx Brothers. So apropos of nothing mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with horror with, with Rob Zombie movies, mm-hmm. but you know, Rob Zombie's always been like, you know, he likes to, to um, appropriate things from things, stuff that he's a fan of. So I guess he's a Marx Brothers fan. I don't know. It's also makes for an interesting contrast that, you know, it's these names come, come from these wacky comedies and they're used for these really, uh, mm-hmm messed up horror movies so anyway um yeah yeah but yeah and then so that's the that's the basis of the film yeah and then there's like um what is it uh what was the the lady's name again mrs written oh mrs rittenhouse Rittenhouse? yeah and then there's a whole thing with like her daughter um and her daughter yeah uh is like um wants to like get married to like i guess like her boyfriend or whatever 
um, who's like a like mm-hmm. a struggling artist, and so there there's this yeah. whole thing with like um, they're gonna swap. He like can't get work, and so like they they can't like get married because mm-hmm. it's like they never have any money or anything. Um, so they're gonna swap the painting for like a copy of the painting that he did like in art school. That's like a really good copy. Oh. That's the second. Well, yeah, I mean, it all happens part. kind of. The first thing the that happens is, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she gets there with a friend of hers, yeah. and she's going to swap the painting with one that she's done. Yeah, and then, but it's like a, it's kind of like a, done that. But it's like a somebody, joke. Like they they just want to like yeah. kind of like yeah. make her look silly yeah. kind of thing because it's but like then it's it, not a very good so it's copy. been sw- yeah exactly so it gets swapped once yeah. and then it gets swapped again. And so, like, there's basically three copies of this painting yeah. floating around. Yeah. And no one knows, and of course, like, wh- at one which point, version is where, yeah. At one point, it's uh, uh, Harpo and Chico are, are are doing the swap. Yeah, yeah. And that turns into this whole thing where he keeps asking for a flash, as in, like, a flashlight. A flashlight, yeah. And there's this running scene where he pulls, like, a million different things yep. out, of his, out of his, like... Yep. Uh, like this trench coat yeah, thing his that he coat. wears. He's always, that's his uh, gag. Yeah. Is he's always got like... Yeah, that's sort of his gag thing. The is, endless is coat. his jacket, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with the end with the cops, like, are they going to arrest him and it's just all the silverware, the good the good yeah, yeah. silver just keeps well, falling out of the jacket. He plays the... His, yeah. his character in this is referred to as the it's professor. Like, he's like a professor? That's all he's known as. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. the... But this is this has got this has got like so many um I guess it would be like this is like you could say almost like the father of like running jokes that have been yeah I've seen in movies since then. Like yeah. from the the moment like like the scene the first scene with Chico where he shows up as the like he's the he's like the musician as part of the band. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like you know how much to get you how much to play how much for you not to play yeah. how much for you to rehearse well what if we don't show up to rehearsals yeah, yeah. and it's just like well, the, 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 like you that, gotta pay us not to play that, and then yeah yeah like it's it's, it's just that verbiage and then, like, of like them they're back and forth how they can just keep something going for so mm-hmm. long because you know yeah there's always there's always a yeah. response uh, there's always some follow-up you know right exactly yeah, yeah. the um, where uh, uh, Groucho meets the guy who's selling the painting mm-hmm. and he like introduces himself and they have this like running conversation yeah. and then every time the guy says his name he just introduces him uh, Groucho just introduces himself again yeah. and it just it just keeps happening over yeah. and then at That's a certain like... point way later in the film the guy says his name and Groucho just reaches over and introduces himself yeah. like just, just, t- just, just it's a very the tail on that like a very joke thing. from like fifteen twenty minutes ago. It's a, that it's a very Groucho yeah. thing yeah. that like he just sort of he'll always like respond like in kind, mm. but like in the most flippant way possible. So yeah, it's, like, exactly. He's essentially, yeah, yeah. just making fun of everybody, but like they don't really realize it because he's just oh, yeah. you know yeah. It's the sort of the conventions of society. And of course, I mean, there's a ton of puns and like, you know, his usual kind of one-liner oh, stuff. The you know, it's, when he's describing yeah. his his well, it's a lot of famous like the 
No, the, the elephant when he shoots the elephant. Yeah, yeah, like he's describing the the, the yeah, African the... safari thing, and he's got the you know. Mm-hmm. One morning, I shot an elephant in my pajamas. How he got in my pajamas, I have no idea. You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, those, that's those like that's like probably little, one of his most famous jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he, and it's just a uh, constant the... stream of them. Like he's like that through the entire yeah. movie, like nonstop. The bit where he's talking he's to the two ladies. Oh yeah, uh, and then he, <laughs> yeah. and then like he just keeps breaking off. Well, he does the he does the other one of his other famous lines, which is "Pardon me while I have a strange interlude," yeah. which is from something. Yeah, else. yes. Oh, and then and, the weird. And then he talks and then like literally at the, the strange, which the interlude that literally is very strange, and then he starts going into stock prices. Mm. Yeah, completely yeah. non sequitur. Um, yeah. That bridge scene uh, where they play bridge. Yeah, and. Well, again, it's, that's very in the Chico Harpo just the most blatant like, where like, where just yeah. they, how they antagonize people like completely nonchalantly. It's just like how they live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like I, we're I, just gonna I remember. Do what gonna do, I don't remember and, which yeah. movie it was, but I remember one scene with them with this like guy that was like uh, some sort of like like a seller, like he had like a like a stand, like a like food seller or mm-hmm. something like that he had some kind of stand and i just remember there's this scene with harvard and chico where they just like with they keep taking the guy's hat and like swapping the hats around and just basically oh yes the guy. i don't know what that's from but yeah, I, know, I don't know i don't remember scene. which yeah, movie that's... it is but it's hilarious and it's like mm-hmm. all it is is them mm-hmm. just like these hats keep the hats keep moving around between the three of them and uh it's yeah. and the guy's just getting more and more annoyed and you know because they're the back and forth and everything and it's just mm-hmm. yeah it's great and, and it, it's very much what they do and in this one it's just like everybody sort of just has to like tolerate it to some degree because they're all like proper society and all that yeah yeah and so well i mean a lot of it is that kind of you know lampooning you know certain aspects of, of yeah, cult- yeah culture and society and stuff and you know mm-hmm. basically yeah you know just to sort of um yeah there's a lot of stuff that's like um pre kind of um not edgy, but like. Um, well, this is a pre-code. Movie. Yeah, and there's there's and... a bunch of there's a bunch of jokes that like if you're not really mm-hmm. paying attention, they might kind of go by. But if you really hear what's being yeah. said, like especially from Groucho, there's some stuff that he says. Like yeah, if you yeah. really hear what he's saying in the context, it's like, wow, I can't believe they they got oh, away yeah. with that. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. and and although there was some line, I can't remember what did, it was now, fact, but there was some line that they did get cut a line. Oh no no no. Um, when from the film when it was re-released uh, after the code oh, they put it back in effect they they there was a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff cut like there was like a bunch of lines cut, oh, yeah, cut. Yeah. like there was a bunch of cuts made to it um, that like took down mm-hmm. took down the overall running time by like you know a minute or so or whatever um, because there was a bunch of lines that they couldn't get away with um, and then you know they've yeah. all been restored. those all went back in they, yeah yeah they're all back in of course uh, for the for like this release yeah yeah, yeah. they they've been um, back in since like you know quite a long time mm-hmm. now but but um well th- this film also like uh existed in like a bit of a weird limbo for a while yeah. where uh like the original studio yeah uh, pretty and much because just of, like, like issues it... between the original studio the yeah yeah well they let it lapse yeah but then because of like the writing credit or like like who owned what based off of like what was written and then what was left over from like the the Broadway or like the the musical performance mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like Universal technically had the rights, but getting it actually onto a screen was like a real nightmare. 
Um, yeah. And it wasn't until sometime in the 50s, like mid to late 50s, yeah. before it ever saw, like it was ever re-released again. And even then it took like, like, uh, direct action from like, I think some like Groucho and there was like a, a society for the re-release of Animal Crackers. And then like he showed up at some, uh, uh, yeah, it was not, like not in the seventies, but a, like a press press meeting for it. Yeah. It was in the seventies. Yeah. So it was like so much later yeah. and, uh, before like they would actually get around to, um, to, to to releasing this in a way that the you know it could be on TV and stuff, which is that's, I mean almost like forty years, where it kind of just languished in limbo. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. It uh, was it was a it was a a student. It was a UCLA student. Uh, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, and a fan of of yeah. the Marx Brothers films, and uh, he saw a screening that was done. Um, mm-hmm. And the uh, film had not been distributed uh, for theatrical release since, like, the early 50s. This is, like, the end of 1973. And so, like, the all the prints were, like, really old and bad quality and stuff. And Paramount had allowed the license uh. to expire and all this kind of stuff. And so it was considered... And the movie was considered, like, a legal mess that they just didn't want to, like, deal with because mm-hmm. of the whole thing with the, the authors of the Broadway stage play and the rights going back to them and all that stuff. So yeah, the yeah. this student actually uh, was able to contact Groucho to get him to like help to basically persuade Universal to re-release the film properly, and uh, and Groucho actually agreed yeah. to to help out with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, because Groucho actually attended the premiere when it was re-released. Yeah, because uh, it actually had a theatrical re-release. Uh, before coming to television, and Groucho attended that that uh, that premiere, which is yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, um, yeah, evidently it was a bit of a nightmare to film uh, because of uh, the Marx Brothers. Like they had a, they were a bit cavalier on set and very difficult to direct, and they would often just like, well, I mean, take yeah. off. Like like halfway like at, at like halfway through the day they would just like take off and go golfing, and just leave like, like you the know, set in limbo I mean, and. <laughs> <laughs> it was early days. They weren't. Yeah. You know, there wasn't. A... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, well, they it was they, they were they were often reported as having a nonconformist lifestyle, <laughs> of whatever the, that was like 1930s speak for like how they lived, which was very. I mean, I guess you could probably compare it to <laughs> whatever like, they I mean, another like. ten years or so. Uh, yeah, I mean, they would probably would have compared it to almost like a what's that? To like a bohemian kind of like where yeah. they just they did what they want and yeah. well, you know, I'm not going to tell but, them. I'm not going to tell them they're wrong. They're the Marx Brothers, you know. Well, the thing was, it was the kind of thing is, is they were guaranteed box office like money. And this was only like, their second. This was movie, like third but, or fourth. You know. Exactly. But, like, well, they were well-known because of, like, other things. But, like, this was, again, this was only, yeah, because like you said, this was only their second movie. And it was the third highest-grossing film that year for what is basically just a comedy. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, you know, this is 1930s theater, so it means something a little different nowadays. You know, that wasn't exactly the 
gigantic flood of films coming out. Um, but there, there is enough. Though. But uh, yeah. Um. So. Uh, but, well, uh, well, I think it's it's, it's uh, they they yep. essentially they were already very popular, uh, doing stage work. Well, yeah. And so basically, you know, mm-hmm. there was no way to really do what they translate what they did into film with before like mm-hmm. sound had taken taken root right without uh, yeah a, you couldn't do a side you know they were no they were no charlie chaplin or buster keaton or like you know they couldn't you couldn't really do mm-hmm. what they did without a sound film so they kind of had to wait for that <laughs> yeah right so yeah exactly yeah um the the woman who played um miss um Mrs. Rittenhausen, um, yeah. Margaret, Dumont. Margaret Dumont. She worked um, with them a lot. Yes, she, worked, she, she was in a ton of their films. The, she was. Yeah, she worked with them all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was quoted that Groucho pra- called her practically the fifth Marx brother. Yeah, I mean, uh, a number of times in a sense because and yeah, yeah. Uh, the, oddly enough, though, because uh, he thought she did such a great job in in this particular role uh, for years afterwards. Uh, he in public and in like interviews and stuff where they were like both on it, he would just refer to her as Mrs. Rittenhouse instead of as Margaret or Mrs. Devon <laughs> because he he so like thought she just like nailed what what like the 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 role so well, and he was like, oh, oh yeah, she's just Mrs. Rittenhouse to me rather than being <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, here's uh, an interesting. But yeah, she thing. was in this is, she was in quite a few. This is this was mentioned under um, the. Uh, info about their their first film, uh, the Coconuts. Mm-hmm. Um, the Coconuts, yeah. The year, yeah, which was the year before. Um, but something that was mentioned here, which would be actually very applicable to Animal Crackers and would explain a bit of what we're talking about, uh, it mentions that uh, it, as was common in the early days of sound film, to eliminate the sound of the camera motors, the cameras and cameramen were enclosed in large soundproof booths with glass fronts to allow filming. Hence the largely static camera work. So that's why they couldn't just move the camera huh. around because they had to have these like soundproof glass booths to film from because of the because of loud. the yeah because of course that was never an issue in interesting in, I mean it makes in sense, silent right? film it was never an issue so of course you know there was no mm. in silent films had a lot more freedom with what they could do with the camera because you didn't have to worry about the sound so yeah that makes sense yeah yeah so. You know, just eventually, you over, just just oh, hide the, the poor cameraman. Eventually, over Here, go film in this yeah, tiny booth. Eventually, over time, you know, they got obviously cameras were developed with better, better soundproofing built into them, and um, you know, mm-hmm. and then of course, you know, the the fact that you know the uh, a very um, good good quality like the the post, you know, uh, looping right, like post dubbing essentially. Yeah, became better quality and stuff, and so they were able to do that for circumstances where they needed to um, film in, you know, somewhere where there's loud noise. But like, you know, in the early days, I guess yeah, they just they didn't really have any other way to do it. If they need they needed good sound, no, so they just no. had to do whatever they could. Kind of kind of interesting. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I it mean, wasn't workararound. What did you know? so? What, I mean, what did you think overall? I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, it was, I mean, what's it was not good, to enjoy. It's, it was a good chuckle. Players. I, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, uh, I mean, I, I, I it was will sort say of like, that, I've been like, having I mean, a rough couple of days and it was a good, nothing... it was a good, uh, it was a good way to pull myself out of a funk. Yeah. I mean, I will say like, there's nothing particularly special or kind of different about like the plot or anything like it's a very typical no no it's farcical sort of it the plot in these movies you know in their movies is but is, it's, it's it's a it's the it's just the groundwork for the delivery system yeah, of but i mean like uh, ridiculous situations but if you can puns, have right yeah like, but i mean if you can have that and have a good story obviously it's cool to have, be able oh, to sure, have both sure, sure. i'm just saying mm-hmm. that you know this mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily be like their best movie just because i think some of the other ones might have a better story or you know slightly yeah, yeah, more yeah. memorable scenes or whatever but it was still was very mm-hmm. entertaining because it just had you know the nonstop, you know all the jokes and stuff, and it was great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I liked it. Uh, I was uh, it was uh, good to watch another Marx Brothers movie, and uh, I uh, I sort of just added to my queue, like, oh yeah, and they got a couple other ones that looked funny, and you know they're nice and yeah. digestible. Well, the, like you know you don't the other have one to... that. Yeah, the other one that I wanted to see at some point, I can't. Remember, I don't know which one it is, but there's one that like I I saw this. Um, I want to say maybe it was a day at the races. Maybe. Sorry. I think it might have been a day at the races. I don't know. There's one. There's one that like I've seen a. Yeah, that's what it is. Because that's Day of the Races is when um, Groucho okay. plays Doctor Hugo. Groucho plays Doctor Hugo Z Hackenbush in Day of the Races. That's that's okay. Really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's some really really uh, classic scenes in that one. Yeah, because I mean they they were popping out a film every year through the entire pretty much the entire 30s. Uh, uh, pretty much, then, yeah. even then, you know. And then into the 40s, and then, you know, it started to trail off a bit. Um, yeah, I don't think they much. did much after that. Um, both, a uh, couple of them passed away in the 60s. Chico and Zeppo passed away in the 60s. Yeah. Uh, and then and then late, uh, um, Groucho passed away in the late 70s. Yeah. And then, and then uh, Zeppo just after that. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Groucho died like August seventy seven. So seventy seven. Like, like, I was yeah. like, oh man, just before I came along. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just, just missed it. Yeah. Um, Actually, I believe. Uh, but I'm yeah, mis- yeah, no, it was uh, it was good. And if I'm not mistaken, Chaplin was, was uh, around I, the same time. Yeah, Chaplin died Christmas nineteen seventy seven. So like. Yeah, he died right after. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a bit of an end of an era. That's I guess. right. That's right. Yeah, I think but, that. Uh, I think we we talked about that when uh, we did um, we did that Chaplin film. Oh yeah, probably quite, yeah. quite so many episodes ago. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, all right. Uh, so that's it for this week. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, yeah. We'll be back next week with our final film. Uh, well, I, I guess sort of our final <laughs> film. Maybe, maybe it might be final our penultimate. Of... We haven't quite 
final film of our of look the back, decade. our final yeah. look back film. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Because uh, it just that made sense. Is, like uh, that will be a film. Yeah. Oh, it just made sense. We'll go like, to 1920. Like, that's yeah, 100 years. Exactly. Just like a nice mm-hmm. even century backwards. Um, yeah. Brings us yeah. back full circle, back to 2020. Mm-hmm. Good old 2020. It's really this year is yeah. really going great uh, so far. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, this is going to be everyone's favorite year looking back. You know how like there's like nostalgia and people are like, yeah. oh, remember like such and such a year? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, this is going to be it's going to be a real favorite one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mean you're not going to forget it? That's for sure. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but you know, not in a good way. Remember that year where literally everything went wrong yeah. and it was still only April. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Well, yeah. Sigh. But uh, thanks everyone for listening. Until next week, I'm Chris. This is Emmett. Cheers. Bye bye.